0: What is going on, guys? This is the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number one. I am your host, CEO, and owner of Imperative MX. And alongside me, I have my host, TJ Gillespie, nope, Gillespie, Gillespie, (laughs) or aka known around the motocross scene down south, Heavy D.
1: Yo, yo. What's
0: going on, brother? How are you?
1: uh pretty good man living the dream how about yourself
0: good good i see that you've uh been moving around a lot of dirt and i know that the uh north carolina people are definitely getting stoked for uh for uh what's coming up uh here soon
1: yeah dude you know we've been over to silver valley for the pro shootout and um you know it was a uh, it was pretty big last year god i think it was over like two thousand spectators um 30 yeah around 30 35 uh riders in the two-stroke class and the uh, 450 pro but this year they switching it up doing ab all-star 450 and um 250 so dude it's going to be legit uh i mean i think it's going to be sweet we was there this past weekend moving a ton of dirt That's
0: 350
1: plus loads moved it's going to be it's going to be sweet
0: yeah that's awesome and uh here towards the end we'll get a little bit more into that i definitely want to get uh dive in a little bit more deep since um silver violet sensor or uh since Silver Valley is going to be on board with us in this podcast and that we will be also sponsoring uh, the race that Heavy D will be moving all of the dirt for uh, you great riders and pros that will be coming out uh, to Silver Valley MX Park November 3rd through the 5th. Uh, First, I'd like to give it up to some of our sponsors, other sponsors that are on board with the podcast. It is going to be FXR. We know FXR, they have been coming strong into the lit kit game of motocross here recently with the club guys and also others. We will get into more of that later. Uh, West Virginia Motorsports, that is where I just recently bought my 2023 RMZ450, and I could not be any more happier with that purchase from the guys at Ver- uh, West Virginia motorsports also hydropower they have blue Raz. if you have arm pump any type of fatigue anything like that hydropower is by your side we will get more into the ads later and the sponsors that are on board but first we're going to get a little bit into our background if you do not know who i am my name is zach newberry i'm originally from roanoke virginia and I've been racing for 21 years, uh, I think starting next year, or it might be 22. I've uh, lost count, Heavy D. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of years, I, a lot of years.
0: That is a lot of years behind uh, a uh, motocross bike. And I even uh, raced this weekend uh, at the Verb Moto Top Gun Showdown, which we will get into here shortly as well. And uh, so I have a lot of knowledge, and also uh, had a professional license at one time in 2013. But injuries and life currently uh, has now brought me to Imperative MX to bring uh, all of the racing action down south uh, with Heavy D, and I'm glad to uh, have him along with me on this podcast to host. And we plan on doing this every uh, every single week for you guys. And, uh, yeah, Heavy D, uh, if people do not know who you are, they may know me, but they may not know you. So, uh, why don't you give the audience a little bit about yourself and your background within the sport of motocross?
1: Well, yeah, so everybody that does know me knows me. It's Heavy D, you know. Um, I got that name from the the man himself, Josh Hansen. He uh, hooked me up with that nickname years ago, um, back when he wrote for JGR. But how I got into it is actually... Um, I'm from Harmony, North Carolina, a little small town, not too far from Charlotte, uh, right outside of Mooresville there. And um, actually, my buddy Garrett Church, him and his uncle, Lance Lingle, they opened up a track right across the street from my house. And uh, a lot of guys around, especially down here in the South, been to it, especially back in the day. It was sick. That's how they know of it. And it went for a couple of years, and then it became what was formerly known as the Joe Gibbs Racing Test Track. And... I used to go over there run around and be all in it. And heck, just being around it, I always wanted a dirt bike, but being around that, you know, it got me into it. So I raced for about eight years or so and then, um, stopped racing, you know, got older, just knew I wasn't going anywhere with it. I wasn't nowhere near good enough. I just loved it enough to get on it and try dumb stuff like everybody else. Right. And
0: (laughs) you know, that's, that's what we're here for. And that's, uh, that's the reason that most of us, uh, other than that top one percent that we get to see on TV every single weekend, or even on our social medias every single day, um, we we love the sport and we love the enthusiasm, and uh, it's it's a family sport, and that's why we love it, and that is uh, why we enjoy it.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I think you know everybody has a, a a different take on it and how they got to the sport. And heck, I was you know lucky enough, not like. Some others, but I was lucky enough to be around a pro scene from jump. You know, I got a lot of insight from jump, learned how a lot of stuff worked, and got to be around some of the baddest dudes in the sport. And heck, I'm thankful for that every day, you know. And I try to be involved in it any way I can, even with if it's just building tracks. I'm a mechanic for a few years, but hell, now even doing imperative with, uh, you know, you, and which shouts out for you for. Want me on and helping and being able to help out with it, Imperative, you know, I think it's awesome. And for us to give both our knowledge and insight on the sport for from our backgrounds, I think it's going to be uh, awesome. I think people will dig it.
0: Yeah, man. And uh, that's exactly why I brought you along. And, uh, um, you know, we've we've talked more uh through our phones than we actually have in person but uh i can tell that as soon as uh as soon as we meet up at silver valley at the uh beginning of november i can tell that it is going to be just like you know we've known each other uh just as long as we've been talking on the phone so um, oh yeah so no i'm uh glad to have you and uh everything uh is uh going in the right path for sure and i'm uh you know, glad to have you and glad to have all of these, uh, sponsors on board. And especially with your knowledge, uh, from JGR and being a, an, a, an actual mechanic and, uh, getting to see that, I mean, that's definitely got to, and especially in your backyard, you know, and that's something, uh, like you were telling me, um, you know, a couple of days ago that, you know, you would get off school and you would just go right over there and, uh, and, you know, want to ride. So, um, yeah it's uh it's very cool to uh to hear your point of view because you got a different side that i did not get because i did not get that pro side i had to work my way up to that point and when i did i only did it really for one year so i really didn't get to see any of the actual inside depths and um you know parts or conversations or anything like that and uh It'll be really cool to hear your point of view because some of the things maybe that I don't know you do, so you're almost teaching me, uh, which is also very cool. And you're also teaching the audience uh, that is also uh, watching as well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it, it'll be awesome just because, you know, like I think we both had different point of views. Like for me racing, you got to go where I never wasn't able to go. Like that, the pro, you got to race pro, you know I mean? I knew I wasn't good enough to get there. Like, I was a C-class hero, but that's as far as I got. With it. I think I ran one B-race, and then I called it quits. I was like, nah, they, they can have this.
0: Yeah, because at, at that point, it's balls to the walls. Oh,
1: yeah, dude. I, you know, I had my sights set on other things, especially for my future, but, right, you know, like, I, I got to see, like, how, how those guys live and, like, the daily grind and, like, how everybody's style and grind is different. Like, everybody may think, you know, it's the same, but it's not, and like you, you know, you got to do that for a year. So, like, hearing your insight on it, like, I think it, it, it'll be good for everybody, all parties, you
0: know. Absolutely, and it, and it was it was tough to to do it on our our own. I know that they say. Uh, you know, the privateer lifestyle was hard, but, uh, you know, it was really only me and my dad and it was, uh, it was hard and it was rough. Things broke. We had to go and ask, uh, factory teams, uh, for parts. Uh, you know, we would try to pay them and a lot of them were very, very nice and would actually give us parts if we needed something. Um, and, uh, so that was, so that's cool. Um, and I, you know, I, I love the sport so much and, and it's cool now, for me, it's almost surreal that I get to speak to somebody that was inside of the sport because I was almost like I was inside the sport, but also outside of the sport trying to get in. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know,
1: yep. like, and I've seen that a lot, too. I remember I went to Butch Creek in 2008 when Stu went undefeated, you know, that year.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Yep, he went undefeated, and Ben LeMay was a privateer that year. Yep. And uh his bikes got stolen. And uh I know uh David Evans. Um mm-hmm. you, you know pat heard of Patrick Evans, haven't you? Like yes. he does. Yep. Yeah. His dad, uh the PR guy and one of the team managers, you know, like they gave Ben Lemay a ride that year just to help him out there at the end or just to try him because some of the guys got hurt, but when his bikes got stole, dude, they helped him out with a ton and and you know, seeing that like back then I didn't really pay it no attention, but like now that you say that, it's like, you know, people helped you out it just goes to show how awesome the sport is. Like right. this is a factory team and they just like, the guy was in need and they you know, was like, whatever you need do, let us know. And dude, it was nothing. They helped him out, you know, just for parts there, but still ended up like giving them a ride to finish out the rest of the year. So it's pretty sick.
0: Yeah. And, um, I've always, you know, I've always grown up that, Hey, you know, if something is wrong with my bike or something is wrong with my competitors and we have something that we can give them or, you know, vice versa, you know, we don't ever want to lose that way or win that way, you know? And we want it always to be a clean fight and they'll always try to do whatever they can to make sure that it is right. And that's why I love this sport. And I feel like other sports um, are not like that. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You know, I mean, you got to think in this sport, like no
1: matter how you look at it, like it's one of the most dangerous sports in the world. And like, if you can do anything to help somebody, I mean, your life's on the line as soon as you strap that helmet on. So Like, anytime you can help a competitor, I mean, no matter how you look at it, like, I know when you're out there, it's all everybody for themselves, but at the end of the day, you got to have, you know, what you need to keep stuff going, And, and if a friendly neighbor out there on the track can help, hey, why not? That's what's so great about the sport
0: yep yep and i learned that at a very young age and that's why i dropped uh in my personal opinion that's why i dropped ball sports um i was very good at baseball and i played other sports but uh, baseball was my thing and uh that's what i originally thought and and was setting my goals towards but once i got a little bit older around like 10 or 11 nah man dirt bikes was it because i wanted to be on the independent i didn't want to have to you know, rely on teammates to make sure that they're doing 100% just like I'm doing, you know, my 105 or 110, you know, I want them to be on the same level as me. And sometimes it doesn't work out that way because, you know, people may have beef with others or, you know, with the coach or, you know, whatever, there's too many heads going on, you know, but in motocross or in moto, it's all about you. And And that's what I love about the sport. Yes, it's about the team and the bike, but when you get on the line, you are going to war by yourself.
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. You know that's 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 the thing, dude. It's like a lot of people don't realize. Like moto, it teaches you a lot of independent in, independency, You know, like because when you're out there, it's just you. Like like you say, you got the team and everything around you, and it's more than a one man job. Don't get me wrong. Like, right, right. It's a it, it is a team effort. But when you're on the track, if there's no failures, if something's wrong, like and you don't perform. You can't point the finger at anybody else but yourself. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're the rider. You're out there. You're controlling that bike. I mean, it's just one motion between you and it. So, I mean, it does. It teaches you a lot of independence. Like, and that's what I like. That's what I loved about it. You know, I played team sports as well. But when I got to eighth grade, it was, I mean, I was like, you know what? I, I want to go do moto. And and it taught me a lot of life lessons, dude. So many life lessons. That's one thing I can't say about Uh, the motocross industry. It taught me a lot.
0: Yep. And, um, you know, same goes for me. I I mean, you couldn't honestly have said it any better. Um, You know, it is a physical, mental uh, roller coaster that you go through, but you learn so many life lessons day in and day out. And also you learn a lot about yourself that maybe you would never learn if you didn't um, go through the sport. So it's uh, very cool that we both have – um the same outlook uh on the sport uh which makes this even uh even better.
1: Oh, at 100%. 100%. Like I said, I couldn't you you hit the nail on the head with that.
0: Yep. 100%. Absolutely. So, um before we move into the next topic, uh have to give a shout out to FXR uh from high performance snow rider gear to motocross wear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, and snow gear, FXR has you covered. Go check them out. The best in sizing, fitting, and venting, in my opinion, for the motocross riding gear. That's why I signed up and I got approved for 2023 to have the backing of FXR for my, I believe, my fourth year uh, with FXR. So uh, I am very stoked to have them on board. So make sure you go to www.fxrracing.com. Find them at your local dealer, order them, go and check them out. And thank you for their continuing support. So uh, the next topic we're going to get into, Heavy D, is the Verb Moto Top Gun Showdown uh, from this weekend in beautiful Bluntville. Tennessee, like Ken Farrell says, nicely every morning at 6.30 to wake everybody up in the pits. And uh, honestly, I was there from Friday all the way until Sunday. And we cannot forget about the $31,000 purse Insane. for the Cody Gregg two-stroke Memorial Shootout race. Now... Indeed. Let me tell you something, Heavy D. I've been to a lot of Top Gun showdowns. I want to say probably since 05, maybe 04, um, we, me and my dad, um, have been going to the Top Gun showdown. Now, I have seen a lot of faces from Brock Tickle, PJ Larson, Les Smith, all the way up to... Oh man. Uh so I've seen so many guys come through and let me tell you. The competition this weekend on that racetrack and on that starting gate was probably I would say from 15 to 35 in a pro national for the That's... top for the top 20 riders. <laughs>
1: Golly.
0: It was It was chaos. I mean, uh, one guy didn't sweep. uh, Birkin swept the two-stroke, which really helped him out. But other than that, from the results that I've seen um, and from what I've saw, nobody really dominated. It was always always about the start. Muddy Creek has always been about the start, and uh, it really came down to that. And uh, there was like Rod Bell really would work his way up. It just you know, you had Justin Rod Bell, Luke Niece, Chris Canning, uh, Chase Marquay, all the way from Oklahoma. God dog, the Canning what Canning from what Connecticut,
1: Mass, uh, so-
0: Connecticut is from where uh, yeah. Canning's from. Yep. Um, there was a California on the sheet in the two-stroke race, I do believe. Um, there oh, was right. Florida. Yeah. I mean. You know, there was a lot of people Austin Cozad, uh who is MXer's uh for Jesus's uh son, uh Kevin, uh or uh, yep. Kevin yep. is the okay. owner. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, and his son was out there as well. So that was uh cool to see cuz he does uh Supercross as well in the 450 class. So, uh that was very cool to see. Uh now, when was the last time that you were at a uh Top Gun showdown there, uh Heavy D? Oh, man. The last time I was at a Top Gun showdown, I think was twenty
1: twenty fourteen twenty. Yeah, it was twenty fourteen twenty fifteen. I was there with a uh, Logan
0: Stokes. Uh, Ooh. back then. Ooh, what is um, what is Logan doing nowadays?
1: Ah, uh, dude, he uh, he works uh for his dad. Uh, their electrician business, JLS Electric. Okay, okay. And uh, he's actually they started a band. Really? Yeah, yeah. He started a band, dude. He's dude. He's Crazy talent! He's a hell of a guitarist, man. Like insane. okay,
0: okay, that's cool. That is uh, that is very cool to hear. Um, and good that uh, is he is he done with Moto or is he still riding on the weekends or?
1: Nah, he's he's done. You know, he um he had his fun doing it, you know, but he's he's out of it. He's got a kid now. He's got a little boy. Okay. Um, yeah. So he's uh he's living the dad life, working, you know. Okay. And uh, going to be a rock star.
0: Cool, cool. Awesome. Hey, nothing wrong with that. And if you got other uh talents that you want to pursue, then uh all aboard, go for it, right? Uh um, oh, absolutely. And um it was very cool. So let's talk about the two stroke race. Now, um I went around the pits and uh actually I was parked from uh Loop Nice um down on Saturday uh, so I was looking over his, uh, his bike. He did some tire changes on Saturday, uh, afternoon when I was leaving, uh, to get ready for Sunday. Uh, but let me tell you what, um, for the, I believe six or seven laps that they did. I mean, every single g- uh, guy was, uh, hauling and, and even in the divisions, cause they, I believe split them up or they did the first moto. I can't. I can no they did the they did the divisions for maybe they did divisions for both. I think they might have did it for both. I can't remember heavy dude yeah, to be I think honest. There two was divisions, huh? Yeah, I believe so, but see in the four, in the 450A they did because I had to go to the Concy. So, um oh damn. Yeah, I had to go I had to go to the Consee Uh, on the Suzuki so we'll go ahead and uh, plug West Virginia Motorsports uh, in here before I talk uh, about the Suzuki if you're looking for your next ride look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports Uh, if you are around this surrounding area and looking for a new pre-owned motorcycle or new motorcycle dirt bike ATV make sure to stop by don't forget to order your parts for your current bike Through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that new ride from Princeton West Virginia that's West Virginia Motorsports so uh, I picked up my Suzuki I would say about two weeks ago and I couldn't ride uh, last weekend Uh, not this past weekend but the weekend before last uh, because the hurricane came through so I don't believe there was much riding by many people on the East Coast So I, on Friday, uh, rode the bike. I did, uh, went up to Steve Litz to do my suspension. He was the guy that was there, and he's also been doing my suspension for years. So I went up there, and uh, first thing was, we looked in the manual for the race sag. Uh, Sure enough, it was 110. So we went ahead and set the shock uh, for that. Got that all situated, everything was good. Went onto the track for my first practice. Um, I would say within the first three corners, I could tell that the front uh, was just too soft. Um, It wanted to dive bomb me into the corners and um, not want to um, come up. Um, And also when I was going over a lot of the bumps, I could feel it uh, harshly um, going down on the front end. Um, So we made some clicker adjustments to uh, stiffen up the front end. Uh, I would say maybe two, three max uh, to stiffen up the forks, and that was it. That was all that we did to the uh, 2022 RMZ 450. Oh, dang. Yep, that is all we did. And uh, on Saturday, I ran 450A pretty much as practice because I am 30 years old now. Uh, or about to be next year, so um, the thirty plus
1: I, club. Yeah, yeah,
0: that will be next year, buddy. I can't believe I can't believe it, and I say it as a joke. I just say thirty because I know it's coming, you know. So I just go ahead and just you know say it. So, uh, hey, but no,
1: you might as well get ready for your vet. Your vet card It's oh, coming. The, the vet card when that is going to hit home when you hear vet thirty plus.
0: Oh, I I know. I'm going to be on the line vet thirty plus. I'm like, oh come on, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like I haven't been racing Mike Brown and Kevin Walker since I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, you know? glad <laughs> <laughs> hey, I
1: never had to jump in that pool. Oh, and uh, <laughs> speaking of uh,
0: Kevin Walker, we got to give uh, um, a little bit of uh, sympathy for Kevin. He hurt himself pretty bad this weekend. Um, I believe he... Oh, I don't remember Heavy D, but I do, I don't remember the extent of his injuries, but I know that he ended up having to go to the hospital, um, and, uh, but he's fine, but there is some broken bones, I believe some ribs and other things, um, and, uh, I'm Um, I'm sure somebody in the comment section here on YouTube will, uh, will plug everybody in.
1: Yeah, he, um, it was, it was some pretty extensive damage he had going on there. Um, I know, um, he broke three to nine ribs um shoulder blade in two places um c7 he fractures t6 and t7 oh wow yeah it was it was some pretty extensive damage going. yeah there, no man.
0: kidding okay so my false statement on he's a well he's i'm sure in good spirits right but maybe his body is not okay.
1: Uh, oh so, yeah. So <laughs> Kevin in good spirits.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But you know he's gonna come back at some point. You know. You. I mean he's gonna he's gonna come back at some point. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, regardless of that, uh, the two stroke race was just uh, awesome. Um, it was very cool to see so many guys uh, come and AP gave a huge donation of ten thousand dollars and uh, he was doing it for Dale and. Of course, the local legend at the moment, the people's champ, my, uh, Matt Burking got the uh got the win. Uh Maybe. Whole, sh- whole shotted the last moto and just took off. Um it was awesome to see. Uh,
1: dude, it, it, what, what that's here's what's crazy. So it's like you like we, we all grew up with a a lot of these dudes. Like, you know, I right. grew up around Matt, watched him. And it's funny, like, watching him from minis till now, like, his style is identical. It's like it never changes. But it's yep. like he's yep. not doing it, to like, to make a career out of it. It's like he's, he's legit doing it because he's having
0: fun. Yep, and, I mean, you can almost look at it as a um, Eli Tomac situation. Like, not that a bike mm-hmm. change or anything like that. He's just in a good, happy place, and he's just happy. And you can yeah, see dude. it out on the track, and – uh the uh, TikTok video, um, Imperative MX on TikTok, if anybody here listening would like to follow. Um, I posted the video of him right after the podium, uh, or right at the podium, as soon as he came up to do the burnout. Which I believe, I think he got in a little bit of trouble for that because that was brand new. <laughs> so I, I think, I think. I think I heard through the grapevine <laughs> got a, got in a little bit of trouble but I'm sure hey. I'm sure Jan Gammon is is going to be okay and I'm sure you know Matt will Matt will make up at at uh at some point if if that is uh true.
1: Uh, look, I probably shouldn't say it but I want to say it. They can only get so mad because uh Magic Mike is the AMA representative. So <laughs> well, Matty is his baby boy.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Boy. You yeah, that is, that is very, very true. That is very <laughs> true. Yep. Yeah, they can't they can't do but so much. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. Yep. yep. Exactly. But uh really, I mean, um, I did an interview with Matt for uh ImperativeMX.com. Uh it's a series I do called Inside the Mind where I talk to individuals within the sport, whether uh, uh, a rider or a parent or somebody that works for a company. Um, We want to uh, dig a little deep into their mind and see what it was like. And I got to speak to Matt about his experience uh, for the Outdoor Nationals. And that was uh, very cool and very surreal. Uh, Me and Matt have known each other for a very long time. I believe I told you and I'll tell the audience here that The first time I ever went to a training class was with the legend Ike DeJager, Mm. and um, he made us jump over uh, rope, uh, pretty much. Uh, The rubber band that they used to do for starts uh, at at the fair races. Yes, sir. My dad was on one side, and uh, Mike Burkeen was on the other, and Ike was there telling us full throttle. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, I've known Matt ever since I was 7, 8 years old, and uh, we never really got close. Uh, I was, uh, you know, as he got faster, and he uh, progressively got faster than me, so it was almost somebody that I looked up to because I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be up there with him, you know, uh, winning some of these local pro races or, um, you know, whatever, right? Um, so, uh, to me, you know, he's definitely won uh, the... Local legend, uh, th- this year for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely! That needs to be a thing. I like that local legend.
0: Yep. Yep. I yeah. I used to call I used to call Tyler Bright the local legend because he would just come out of nowhere and start oh. start riding again and just be fast. And...
1: Dude, Tyler Bright <laughs> is the local legend godfather. What year was it like?
0: God. Oh 0- o- o- six Atlanta uh, uh, like, the
1: whole uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was there. I was there. I can't believe you said that. Well, he. Yeah. He. Dude, and you know, it was so funny because my top accolades, uh, realistically for the audience at home, um, my top accolades came from the Arena Cross series. I. I am a very, very big, passionate person for the Arena Cross series because I love that tight racing, bar banging action and the crowd and the little uh uh firework show that they have and the you know national anthem and then you know your 250 heat number one it's it's a cool feeling i i loved that series and it was small so you could do really really well uh because there was supercross going on and uh other uh series going on so um i used to i used to love it and tyler would come out and You know, he would just do so well. He was on a team with, uh, I believe, Jim Neese and McDade and um, Josh Thomas was one time on the team. Now, I don't know if all of these guys were all together at one time, but I know that that was Jim's uh, group. Uh, He had Jim Chester, uh, of course, at one time. But yeah, Tyler Bright, like you said, is the local legend godfather.
1: Oh yeah, he won a didn't he win? He won a champion. What year was that? He won uh, arena cross championship. He
0: he won Nice or bright? Oh, uh,
1: bright, bright.
0: Oh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I know Jim won one because, um, I had or I have his number one E plate, um. Because my first vehicle was his moto van that they used to take to all the arena crosses because I was training with Jim. I trained with Jim Neese for 12 years of my life. Um, Every single summer. I would, as soon as school ended here in Roanoke, Virginia, I would go to my dad's house uh, in North Carolina, pack all of my stuff up. My dad would take me to Jim Neese's house, and I lived there technically all summer, except for the weekends because we would go racing.
1: Right. right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he won a champ. I can't remember what year it was, but the reason know. I say that is because, like, right after that, like, I know arena Croft was big, but dude, like, everybody started showing up.
0: Oh, I mean, when the Ricky Carmichael, um, I forget what uh what that was called. Was it called Futures at that point? I can't, I can't remember. But I yeah, mean, uh, uh
1: supercross, uh, RCSX Futures or something like that. There,
0: there, you go. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember Forkner showing up to, um, like, Pennsylvania. And I remember Colton Nichols rode for the Babbitt's Monster Energy Kawasaki team. Uh hmm um, Yep. And, um, man, there was so many guys. I mean, Benny Bloss came through it. Um, man, there was so many that came. And you know what was it's, cool? It was cool to have Austin Forkner there. It made it interesting because, dude, Tyler Bowers, Jacob Hayes, Dude, all of these dudes wanted to murder him. Like, when I say murder him, I mean, like, punt him into the, you know, all the way up top of the arena. I think,
1: like, when he showed up, what was funny is, like, like, Bowers and Jacob was, like, trying to legit mass murder each other every round. Yes. And, like, for those rounds, they actually forgot about each other.
0: Yes. They focused on somebody else, and it was almost like they actually worked, you know, as a team, even though they weren't – because Jacob at that time, I believe that he was on a Cowie, but he wasn't on the Monster Energy Kawasaki or the um, the Babbitts.
1: Him, I think Kobe Adams had like a – it was actually a Michael Mitchell helped him, and Kobe Adams out of Morrisville out of performance. Like, they put like a little program together for him, and dude, like his bike was pretty fucking sick. Like,
0: yeah, I mean in no, Greensboro when I. he won, I mean I got chills, dude. I was in the stands, you know. and Oh, and, dude,
1: he was berm, dude. He yes, was it had
0: that nice sand berm. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember. all oh, that was so good. That was so. If if you remember, what year was that? Was that fourteen? Maybe sixteen. I can't remember. No,
1: that was that was uh fourteen. It was fourteen. Fourteen?
0: Yeah, uh, I yep. think I, I'm sure MXP TV. I'm sure, uh, Wozni, I'm sure he has it up on his YouTube channel. Cause he was there for a lot of the arena cross stuff. So I'm sure that he has a bunch of stuff, uh, that is up there. So, um, but, Oh yeah,
1: dude, he, he, he got all the, like all the footage of that one. It was sick.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, um, we got way off topic of the, uh, top gun showdown. Um, but, uh, we're going to bring it back a little bit. Verb Moto did a great job with the facility, uh, hanging their banners around and also some, um, you know, little, uh, flags around the track. Uh, everything looked good. I, I personally actually talked to Wes Williams for, I I would say about five or 10 minutes. He was busy. Uh, so I got to meet him and, uh, we mingled a little bit and, uh, so yeah, uh, we're actually best friends now. Uh, heavy D, um, (laughs) yep. Wes is—he's not hard to make friends with. He's a solid dude. Yeah, no, no, I'm—I'm I'm joking, of course, but uh, yeah, I, absolutely. He's a—he was a good dude, and uh, he would—you know, no problem. He—I walked away because somebody else came up to talk to him, and so I was like, okay, you know, um, you know, I got my time in with him, and I know that everybody's gonna want to come and see him. You know, he's a popular person in the in the scene for sure, and so the
1: dude started like the most popular moto like ordeal you could think of like
0: uh yeah i mean moto playground was the magazine that i read and verb moto was the movies and the um videos platinums like i mean the barsha ooo9 platinums like God. oh my gosh and
1: claudio leocata platinum twitch platinum, the, and robbie the, madison
0: the, the dreamland the Dreamland, yes. oh my God! I mean, I mean, dude, they make bangers, right? So, like, of course, I want to. I'm in the media. I want to go meet this guy. You know, I've never <laughs> met him in my life. But, you know, I've probably, he's probably shot me before, and I've never met him in my life. You know, so, um, it was a very cool and very humbling experience, even though it was for like five minutes. But for me, you know, such a fan of the sport, I mean, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was tickled shitless, as you could say. Uh, so it was, uh, it was cool.
1: Little do you know. Actually, I think he did shoot you. You remember what was it? Birch Creek, two thousand nine, the verb ride day.
0: You remember that one? It was like the first one ever. Oh, I don't. I don't know. You might know something that I don't know. You were there, dude. Oh, well, I mean, I, dude, I've been the Birch Creek, dude. I can't <laughs> yeah. tell you how many times.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, it was like oh eight oh nine. It was like Verboto was out there, dude. It was ridiculous pack. It was like dude the top a lot of top kids matter of fact maddie b was there burkeen was there you were there kyle peters was there alex fry was there oh wow cody robbins was there
0: yeah i might have to i might have to uh to look that up there heavy d i haven't uh (laughs) i haven't seen that
1: Dude, dude it was way back golly
0: yeah i'll have to uh i'll have to uh look that up if you remember uh later tonight or uh or tomorrow or something uh See if you can find it and send it to me. I'd uh I'd really like to see that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh,
0: but yeah, like I said, uh, the Top Gun showdown was awesome. If you were not there, you missed out. And if you've never been to one or would like to, definitely 2023. I'm sure that there will be a bigger, uh, pro purse, uh, on the line for the Cody Gregg, two-stroke memorial shootout. Oh. And. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really good. I, I had a, a lot of fun, and, um, the, the crowd was good. There was a lot of people there, and apparently, from what I heard, that that was the first race that it had not rained this year.
1: Oh, wow.
0: At that track.
1: Oh, it was, actually. Come to think of it, yeah. Yeah,
0: it was. Yep, so, um, yeah, so, i uh everybody there that goes... Uh, to that track frequently uh, was very, very stoked uh, on that. So, um, we're going to move into the next thing. But before we do, have to give a shout out to Hydropower. Hydropower is a formulated by a sports nutritionist himself to get rid of arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. Drink Hydropower.com to get your, brew, your blue Raz today. Uh, next topic now let's get into some professional talk uh, this is uh, I'm sure what a lot of people will come uh, here to uh, see or maybe not Heavy D we'll have to see what type <laughs> of audience that uh, that we get but uh, the WSX was this past weekend and uh, did you uh, finish up uh, watching all of that
1: oh yeah oh yeah I actually I did it last night
0: awesome uh, so we had Shane McArath. When the I think it's called SX two class the uh, SX two yep SX two class he did not uh, win one he went three four five for for first or three five four or something it what? was it was pretty wild
1: I think it was 3-5-4. Yeah, five, five,
0: yeah it was some it was something wild and I mean he didn't expect it so. Um but and Eli Tomac dominating once again just to just to just to put a little bit more uh money in the bank for ET three, huh?
1: Just it's, it's it's insane. It's like it's beyond to me, it's beyond mind boggling. Like a lot of people like even when he was at Kawasaki like Tomac he's always been a dog no matter how you look at it but he's been more dominant this year than he has in his entire career in my opinion
0: uh i 100 agree uh 100 <laughs> agree with you on that um i believe that like, this right now on uh october 11th 2022 this is the best eli tomac right now and he's 29, almost 30 years. He'll be 30 years old in November.
1: hmm Like, it's, like, it honestly gives me chills just because it's like, you know, it each, every, like, part in Pinnacle and Motocross, we have a guy that comes along that's just supposed to dominate. Like, Villapoda, when he came in, he was dominating. Then he left. And then it was supposed to be, like, Tomac or Dungey or Roxen. Mainly, probably, I would say Roxen more than anything. And like you had Dungey like still give him a fit. And then Cooper came in and he's been like killing it in Supercross, you know, like a year on winning, year off, uh, and then another year on winning. But if you think about it, it probably should have been like looking at Tomac right now, it's like it should be like Sexton should be that guy that should be the one dominating almost in a sense because he's the young gun coming up. Right. But it's like Tomac is just like, damn, like, this dude ain't even hit his prime yet. It's like he's just now getting going switching a team. It's like, how do you switch a team and in the first year be this dominant? And they can't say nobody was there because he's had competition since day one on that Yamaha.
0: Yeah, I mean it's very it it normally takes somebody their second year to finally get. Good with their team. Now, I can't say, like, Joey Savacci is a very good person for almost like a devil's advocate for what I just said, because he can go and fill in on a team and do really well, right? But, absolutely, absolutely. But most riders have to take a while to get acclimated to a motorcycle uh, on a factory team because there's so many parts, there's so many components, so many people, so many di- so many different people, so many um, different engine maps, uh things on these race teams and you know you might have to move and you have to do this do that family whatever it may be it's it's harder than what uh people believe and eli made it like it was nothing Mm -hmm. almost like tom brady uh you know just able to switch teams and it doesn't matter where he goes he could still win
1: oh 100 like i i couldn't agree more on
0: that Yeah, and uh, he's been um, absolutely dominant this year. So um, he will not be, uh, which I have been seeing this question pop up on social media by other media members along with uh, the comment sections, even in my own um, TikTok channel, uh, that why doesn't Eli Tomac race Australia and just win the WSX championship? If he just dominated the very first one,
1: you, you know in and from a point my point of view, seeing it, seeing guys, and everybody knows, dude, tomac is a fucking workhorse, it's the god
0: almighty. like he he's a he's a gr- he's an animal, dude, he grinds,
1: so like I can almost say like to him, I think. It's gotten to where like he he's not with Kawasaki. It's like it ain't that kind of pressure no more because I think like a lot of people know nothing against Kawasaki or that team. But you can see it from past riders in years. It's like it's a whole different outtake when it comes to Kawasaki. None of the riders seem happy. They seem miserable. They may go ride and win, but when they're done, they're done. It's like they're almost ready to go. Yep. And I watched a video with Tomac earlier in the year and right when he got with Yamaha, he said he loved what Star Yamaha was doing, you know, they got a bunch of young guys, and he felt like he still had more left in the tank. And I think what it is over there, they're just making it easier for him. So, and they're not worried about that WSX. Don't get me wrong; I think the WSX is sick. It's a great idea, and I think if like the teams and a lot of people, more people get on board with it, it's going to help put a lot more money in the riders and teams' pockets.
0: Yes. Yep. And I but think
1: at the same time. Go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, 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 go ahead. Sorry.
1: Um, but at the same time. I think, you know, Eli, he has his family, he has his kid. He, You know, he, he's grinded. Now, mind you, he may be 20, 28, 29, same age as me and you, close to it. But motocross is a big toe. It's almost like your body's 40, 50 years old at 28, 29. Right. Because you grind so hard. So I think he just, like, he, he wants to chill. And I think I think it's a good idea. Like, I've seen dudes in, in the pro side get burnt out, you know, especially at a young age, like. It's a grind. So from Supercross straight to outdoors and getting no break, like you need that break to mentally reset more than anything. I think the mental side is more draining than the physical side.
0: Absolutely. I, I believe that, yes, I believe that you have to have talent in this sport to make it all the way to the top percent. But I also think that you have to be that .001% that is the best mentally fit That's... as well.
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Because you know,
0: I think. Don't get me wrong.
1: Physical, the physicality has a ton to do with it, and moto. But you can be the most fit, and you can be the fastest dude out there. But if your mentality's not right, you're just Jack from jump Street.
0: Yep. 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 Because if you yep. go to the line and you're not thinking that I'm going to go and win, mm-hmm. you might as well. You might as well just pull that bike off the starting gate. And go ahead and just walk it back to the truck. Because, oh. you know, and if, if that's your, if if that is your attitude, and that is what you're, you know, that you're going for, then don't, you know, yeah, it's, uh, 100%. yeah, it's crazy.
1: 100%, you know, and I look at it as, like, too, like, even, not even Tomat, but, like, dude, Freeze, like, him up there with Roxon and Tomat? Yep. Like, I thought that was sick, and I mean, don't get me wrong, like, dude, Freezy's my guy. I love Freezy. A lot of people hate him, but I love Freezy. Yep.
0: But, he, like... He, he just mixes it up. He 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 mixes yeah, it dude, up, like, and he makes things interesting. Now, I know that we're gonna, you know, we can both agree that some of the things that Vince does is probably, or probably, definitely not the smartest thing to do in racing,
1: Oh, no, he just, he's like, it's not the smartest, but I think for him, he's hes trying to race hard. It's Like you say, it's not out of like trying to hurt anybody, or, but it's just like, he want, like he's trying to be that guy. He's showing up to try and win. Even though he may not, like he knows, right. I think in his mind, like, okay, I may not be able to beat this person or this person, yep. but I'm going to get there. I, yep. I'm going to be there to try and do it
0: yep and that was cool for him to get a podium uh this year i think that that uh in supercross i think that meant a lot to him and the team and along uh with uh him and him uh christian craig uh for mm-hmm. the for the whole incident and then i think on that same night is when uh they got on the podium or was it the? i think it was the next weekend uh because there was a lot of hype going into the next weekend and i believe that he won i can't remember which uh round that was but um,
1: yeah, that was a triple crown. I think it was. He won one of the what the triple crown?
0: Yeah, it was a triple crown because I think it was the first one when they went into the back and um the incident happened.
1: Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. You're right. You're right.
0: Yeah, because they were talking about it or something. Anyways, regardless of the <laughs> fact, uh, it was very cool uh to see and um yeah, it was good for Shane. Shane needed uh I believe Shane. I, I don't think people give Shane McArath enough credit. I have raced this dude ever since that I was younger. Every single time I went to Muddy Creek, I knew that I was going to lose when uh, Shane McArath and his dad showed up. Uh, his dad <laughs> owned a, or may still own, a um, logging business. Um, so, you know, every single time that Shane Good. showed up, he was in physical shape. He was fit.
1: Good. The dude is from the trenches, son. Absolutely, he well, I, he is
0: from nothing. Nothing
1: but trenches. I mean, you remember the old school husky, the steel frame? Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> how many I, How many hours do you think was on that thing? Dude, they still got it. Stop. <laughs> they
1: still got it. They never even <laughs> sold it. They still got it.
0: <laughs> Stop. Hey, the is I, been well I guarantee on. that you could go out to wherever it is and that thing would start first kick. Oh, dude. <laughs> It will still run. Absolutely. Dude. And, and Shane would still go on. I guarantee he would have probably got top five, top 10 this weekend at the Cody nah. Greg thing. Oh dude, man, that's hilarious. One
1: of my, my mentors, God rest the soul, Roger Dimsdale from promotion. He's passed away now, but he told us a story that he was at Muddy Creek because like him and Shane was real tight and, like they did a lot for Shane, and the frame broke at Muddy Creek, and they drove all the way back just to weld it. And his dad, Max, come to uh, Roger said, "Roger, man, could you imagine if we'd have had an aluminum frame, we'd have been screwed." Roger said, "If we'd have had aluminum frame, this would never even happen." <laughs>
0: <laughs> they drove all the way back. Yes, they drove all the way back. Oh my god, dude, wasn't it like four and a half hours or something from their house?
1: Yes, dude, it was
0: a high. Oh my gosh, but Look, dude, he, literally... oh, he was the king of that place. Though he he won a <laughs> uh, he won an outdoor national. there. It was that no 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 he won buds. So that wasn't his only national win, but that was cool for him to win that year the overall. Oh yeah, dude. He,
1: I mean. Like, it's nothing against nobody else, but, like, I, I feel like if anybody deserved it, it was him because the dude grinded his way to where he is right now.
0: Yep, yep, he did, and and I got to see it, f- maybe not very firsthand, but I got to see his progress, and I went to club in t- uh, 2012 for, I would say, about a month or so. And um mm-hmm. I got to just see him grind and it it was a it was a cool and very humbling experience and I was very happy for Shane because that, that was the year that he went and won Loretta's uh and got himself uh the ride. So um oh. so that was cool. The,
1: the dude used to like like a lot of those kids that stayed at club, you know, they was on the meal program. My guy used to pop out of the camper with like knockoff berry colossals in a <laughs> plastic bowl. And Dollar General Milk, like, come on.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? I guarantee he's probably the smartest person with money because he came from nothing.
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%.
0: Yeah, it would be cool to, uh, maybe we can, uh, maybe Shane will, uh, hear us talking about him and maybe, uh, he'll, he'll hit us up and, uh, want to come on here one day. I would love to, uh, actually talk to Shane. Uh, I oh, haven't talked to him awesome. in, a, in a long time. So, uh, but there was, uh, a lot of crashes that did happen, unfortunately, at the, uh, uh, WSX, uh, Josh Grant and Chad Reed both had uh, mechanical failures to their motorcycles. Uh, Grant had a chain issue, and Reed had a fuel pump failure. Now, um, the chain incident, we can say okay that sometimes things happen, right? Um, the fuel that was
1: a brand new chain.
0: Yeah, I so I i don't know like i, I mean what do you what, what do you think about the situation just a freak accident or do you think that it was a manufacturing problem
1: the i mean i'm not trying to out any companies but like i mean this day and time like man a brand new chain snapping that's golly i mean it's almost like what was it Dungeon? Uh, the Monster Cup in like seventeen. Yeah, uh, the shifter kept bending.
0: Uh, that dude, that is, that is. Uh, anyways, yeah, go ahead. That's a whole nother story oh, in its own. Yeah,
1: like I mean, it's just like, come on, man. Like that. I want to say it's a freak accident. I mean, I can't say it's not. But at the same, because it, it's almost know, hard was,
0: to not say it's not a freak accident. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah I mean. Don't get me wrong. Like I- I'm glad. Like it-, it ain't no worse than what it is. Like JG's my dude. You know, been around him a lot, and right. the dude's an animal. Like right. I've seen him KO himself at JGR like multiple times. Longer. Yes. Like I'm talking about. Like dude should have been like dead, and <laughs> he still got up just like he did there. He's like no big deal. I'm on I'm the greatest. Yeah. Like, let's go.
0: Yep. Uh, so, uh, Grant had a concussion, uh, but overall, he's uh, he's okay. Uh, I do not think that he's going to be going to Australia, or have you heard different, Heavy D? Uh, uh, no, I don't think he's going. I think he's going to have to sit that one out. Okay. Um, Reed is going, I think, just to hang out, or is he trying to race? He has um, a broken left... Uh, shoulder uh, along hand. with uh, a broken hand and multiple broken ribs on his uh, left side. So um, I I have been seeing Ellie and, you know, the kids on, on the flight, and I'm guessing Chad's with them. Um, so I'm guessing he's just doing maybe media stuff, a vacation maybe. Um, yeah, I
1: think they're going to have uh, spectator tickets for five.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, no charge um yeah you know just come and talk to us um it'd be no problem
1: which i mean i hate it for you know it's it sucks and i think it, it was good you know like i think he was gonna have like one heck of a time and he was really gonna turn some heads not that he was trying to make a comeback but you know he's been like doing racing with his kids all year like they've been traveling around right he's been in chill enjoying family time and and I guess he just wanted to get back out there and race and be like, hey, you know, Dad can still do it. If you don't want to listen to me, I'll, let me show you why I'm Chad Reed. Right, but right. Unfortunately, you know, turn of events wasn't his fault. I mean, it sucks that mechanical failure happened. Like, come on, a fuel pump. Like, that's that's as ba- That's pretty much as bad as it gets. Like, golly, like, at least when a motor blows, you kind of you got, like, at least three seconds. Yeah. To realize. Yeah. But a, a fuel pump? That's instant.
0: Yeah, that's zero. <laughs> yeah. That is uh one hundred to zero very quick. Mm-hmm. Very, very quick. Um, yeah, apparently um Michael Lindsay over at Vital MX put out a video um talking about the teams and uh their issues with the IMA or the FIM fuel specs. Uh, over there and, uh, some of the bikes, uh, gurgling and also misfiring and different things like that. So that is a little, uh, scary, I do believe for the, uh, American riders. Um, what is, uh, what's your take, uh, on that? Or do you believe that that, uh, was the issue? Um,
1: here's, okay. So my take on it. And it's like I say, nothing against any of the riders or anything, but like being behind the scenes and seeing how a lot of this stuff works. Okay, so Reed's been with just about every manufacturer besides Husky and Gas Gas, I wanna say. Just just because I mean they, they they were a little bit newer to the side when he came, but I mean it's still KTM. But He's chattering. He's still getting help from all these manufacturers, and I mean, it's no big secret that KTM. I don't really think is. Am I wrong? They weren't really on board with WSX because of failed, and they have the whole KTM Junior Challenge, right? With failed and Monster and Supercross, so with that, the other two manufacturers, well, Husqvarna and Gas Gas, they're out. So I mean, I feel like my take on it is, it it could have been a malfunction there. But I don't think they're gonna say anything with Reed being dealing with KTM through Mountain Motorsports. Right. So they'll dim the light on something else. They they they'll put the you know, the actual blame on something else. They'll steer it away. And that way a lot of that shit's just brushed under
0: the rug. Right. Like the the uh pie uh blame chart uh does not make any sense.
1: Exactly. There you go.
0: Yep. Um Yeah, and uh, it's almost kind of like a, um, maybe, maybe not, like a Ken Roxton. He went to, he obviously is not going to be riding for HRC Honda uh, because, as we know, um, Colt Nichols, or if you do not know, Colt Nichols uh, is officially taking that spot for SX only in his 450 debut uh, Supercross season next year for 2023. Um, and that is going to be, I believe, um, very interesting, but what I was saying for Roxton was that he may not be getting all of the help that he used to get at American Honda, um, and, you know, to go and do these World Supercrosses, and like he said afterwards, his bike is completely different, and... The same for Reed. Yeah, he went to go and do some, you know, secret testing with Roger and them. I'm sure to probably help with the KTM side, but they weren't going to help him go, you know, do do these races as far as maybe, uh, fuel or maybe even motor work or things like that. Maybe that motor that he was using is maybe a different motor than he had to use, um, in, um, Wales.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, I I think I feel the same way. I mean, Rocks and that whole ordeal. I mean, even though he's not with Red Bull is going to foot that whole bill. Like that's no biggie. Right. Right. Like, there's they, they there's, foot that whole there's bill.
0: no way you think that those two parties separate, right? You you think those two parties are are going to be forever.
1: Uh n- n- that, the reason I say they're not going to separate is because Red Bull wants Ken and Honda wants Red Bull's money,
0: right? Right.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's how I look at it. There, if if it's a separation, is is going to be something better on the other side of the fence,
0: right? Right. Yeah. Uh, there may be uh that grass on the other side may be a little bit greener.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That's how I look at that situation. There. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think, I feel. I mean, I. I'm not trying to, like, stir up any, like, um, rumors or anything, but, like, I feel like even when, like, you know, Roxon went and talked about Honda, like, he wasn't aiming shots, but, you know, the whole ordeal with, like, him not being able to ride the bike through the whoops and him making that publicly known, I don't think, like, Honda really liked that too much. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, this sport, even with riders, it's all about bike sales. That's how the money gets turned over bike sales bike sales bike sales and any little flaw like especially with as many media and even like motocross action magazine trans world as they do reviews on this bike a lot of guys aren't that great at testing but the ones that are and they like they they tell that they're going to make it known
0: to the public
1: when they test that bike
0: right right yeah and it could uh backfire uh, just like uh, I believe that the post that Ken Roxon put up for 30 minutes that one day of his chain um, uh, or his chain guide uh, snapping um, and him almost losing his life. Um, yeah. I do not think that that was a very good look uh, for uh, Ken on that move, and maybe that was the final uh, nail to the coffin for uh, between HRC and – Ken,
1: yeah, it and it definitely could have been like you know, and I mean, don't even. I mean, it's been a lot. You know, Ken's been through a lot. He and he hasn't been riding bad since he's been back, right? You know, I just think like, in my personal, I don't really think Ken really declined. I just think people got better.
0: Yeah, yeah, i I've, I believe so. And <clears throat> Ken, I just know that he has he he has his problems because dude i mean i don't think people want to realize i don't i think they know but i don't think they want to realize and try to put themselves in ken's shoes for the amount of surgeries needles i mean medicine um you know all of this stuff going through his body in such a short amount of time so that he could get back on the track as quickly as possible and I think by him doing that, I think it hurt him because of the, um, just his his body, I guess, through everything just isn't able to be itself 100%. Now, I could be completely wrong, and we know that Ken Roxon can win, and he can, you know, he could show us, right? But by the stat record within the past couple of years, since his injury, it has not been good. So it's almost like you can't, you can't go you can go against it if you are a true Roxton fan, but if you're going to be placing money, I would not be going to the casino holding up my hand saying, I know that Ken Roxton is going to win the title next year.
1: Oh, no, I, I agree. Because at the end of the day, you look at it like, like my dad always used to tell me. He'd be like, son, it, it's just like working out. It's easier to get out of shape. It's way easier to get out of shape than it is to get in shape. And just like being off the bike is way easier to lose it than it is to get it back.
0: Yep. And my dad used to tell me it's easier to quit son than it is to win.
1: <laughs> You're right. Hey, it, 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 I mean, people can look at, look at it how they want to. Right. But in this, in this sport, it, he's like, he hit the nail dead center.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, what, uh, your overall thoughts on the, uh, on the series, the schedule. Um, so, They had heat races, um, and they also had the Super Bowl, which I personally enjoy. I know the social media is obviously blowing it up right now, but I personally, as soon as I saw the schedule for the uh, World Supercross uh, Series, I was very excited for the Super Bowl because I wanted to see the Eli Tomac and uh, Ken Roxton uh, ordeal, but um i wish that they would bring that into um american supercross ama supercross uh because i think that that would be almost uh i think that would be cool and and i believe from the interviews uh from ken and tomac and savachi and all these other dudes they say the exact same thing that they love it being out there all eyes on them nobody on the track it's almost silent except for their bike and uh, it's a very cool and surreal uh, feeling for them because they get that little roll lap, and then they come around the finish line, and then it's you know uh, you know twenty percent of their riding ability to a hundred and ten.
1: Oh, dude, and me per- here's
0: I I agree. Like, I the super Bowl is
1: legit, and here's my take on why. When I was younger, back in the day, watching Braden Grant and like Henny and those guys get out there. To me, it's like a private day at the test track, and you get to see them just go out there and just, just fucking lay it down. Like just for even though they can do it like a pretty good while and go have fun, but see them go out there one lap and just throw a heater down. Yep, it gives you a whole different outtake because even like a lot of the guys, like you know, fans and stuff may bash. They they say like, oh, this guy's not that good. Like he he sucks, or he needs to get out of the way. If you see them go out there by their cell, because you don't really pay no attention when there's 22 other guys out there. Right. But if you see them by their cell, you're like, well, shit, like that dude can actually throw down. Like that right. dude's not slow. Right. These guys are just a bit faster. But like the Super Bowl, it's interesting. Like you don't – because a lot everybody misses like practicing qualifying and all that shit. Like there if you do Super Bowl for gate pick, it's 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 to me it's way more bad ass.
0: yeah and think and think about like if the, okay so let's let's put it into this way the reason that i like it is because there's pressure there's a little bit more added pressure because you want you may you know that might be a track where really it's you know we always say it's all about the start but maybe this track really really is all about the start you know and we know it going into it because we've seen you know the heat races and and stuff like that so we know right but mm-hmm. when you go to the or when you have the Super Bowl, if a mistake is made, that could ruin a championship because of a bad start that you get maybe going into round 17 in Las Vegas or or, or not in Vegas, but in Utah. Mm hmm. And, exactly. so, and so I think that that would be cool to bring that.
1: Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. I think it's good, too, because especially uh, before we like leave the topic. But when they're out there, you know, in, in free practice, lines are constantly changing. They still do that slow lap before they go on a heater. But w- some of them get messed up because the line changed. because you think if you're out there within 30 seconds, 22 other dudes have come through there and screwed up one line. Right. But in Super Bowl, you take that lap. If you didn't jack it up, it's still there. So yep. you could throw down the heater and it would mix it up way more
0: yeah and and i think the times would be closer because there wouldn't be other individuals on the track to maybe mess up somebody's line or you know even a little flinch by somebody because they're like oh shit i i you know i may end up landing on this guy if he takes a right or something like that you know they might tap the brake you know when they land or something like that when they normally wouldn't do it or something like that you know and it's it's all you know, you've seen at the test, cra- test track, and me, knowing as a racer, every single second matters.
1: Oh, dude, every single, every tenth, thousandth, however you want to look at it, matters. Even when you're in the air, like when when they step on, step off, it's like a certain line, a certain angle. All that stuff plays a factor in your time.
0: Yep, and uh, bike setup and uh, things like that for those top athletes as well
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: yep uh so um but over uh what would you um if you were to give it uh one out of ten for the first uh wsx uh i know that us here in america did not get to watch it live but uh going back and re-watching the entire show from beginning to end um what would you have to rate it
1: i'm gonna give it um just cause a little like I ain't even gonna factor in little flaws. Like I know it's gonna take some time, but i definitely give it a eight, eight and a half, eight and a half for sure. Yeah. No, like, what's, what's and, the and uh, only well, reason I say eight and a half yep. is just because it, not live broadcasted. That's it. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, dude, I'm 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 on board with it. Like I'm honestly more on board with WSX than I am with failed.
0: Yeah. Uh what's uh what's your reasoning uh behind that?
1: Man, just cuz I mean, there it's almost and, and not knocking MXGP. It's almost like MXGP but with MX, you know, MXGP like they get paid basically from the manufacturers. The MXGP don't pay their riders. Don't pay the riders.
0: Yeah, and they get a lot of go- they 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 are a world motocross championship so they're getting paid by these by these governments to come in to host a world motocross event. Um
1: so Exactly.
0: But go ahead. But with WS like like I say like it's in the in the
1: motocross industry right now and especially with what they're doing this um super Super Motocross, Super Pro Motocross, what yep. they're doing. Yep. All, all they're doing is they're trying to eliminate WSX, and they're making it to where, like, it has to be a choice. You you, you can't go do WSX. you got to stay here. Yeah. But with that, it, it, it'd be, I think it would be a lot better if they gave these teams and riders more of a platform to make money at the races. They can't make a dollar at the races because they can't sell product.
0: I don't think, I think it's really hard because you have to think about four series, right? You have to think about AMA supercross. You have to think about pro motocross. You have to think about MXGP. And now you have to think about WSX and all Mm. of these align somehow with each other, except for AMA supercross and pro motocross. But That's because that's the way it's supposed to be. But other than that, you have WSX in the middle of it, and you have MXGP, and that gives no option for these riders to go and race um, somewhere else. And now, all the teams apparently were bitching back in the day because they didn't want to add on more races, and now all of a sudden, they're good for it. But... I will say the one good thing is that I'm glad that the Riders are getting paid more. I hate to see them doing more races because that's just more chance for injury, more chance for these guys uh, to get burned out, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're doing it for the playoff because that's what the TVs want and that's what the audience wants, uh, you know, to bring in a different audience, I think, from different um, different spectrums of the uh, of the earth uh, for a playoff series because, you know, NASCAR has it and, you know, ball sports have it and all of this. So, um, you know, I think it's a good idea. I'm glad that they're getting paid, but at the same time, I guess I'm just going to have to see how it goes. But it is super unfortunate that these guys can't, you know, they can't go and race some of these other races. Yes, like Eli Tomac's gonna go and race uh, per- uh Paris, and um you know some of these guys will go and do the Australian SX series if they I think they still have that right. Uh mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know the you know the it almost does it because the manufacturers here in in America are paying for American races and they don't have the budget to go and fork over to go to these races, but MXGP you know. Motocross the Nations doesn't even pay, you know, the teams or anybody anything. You know, they just kind of just fork in the cash and let it be. And and
1: I, I've said
0: this for the past
1: couple years now. It sounds stupid. And people, it and they hear it, they're going to be like, why in the hell does he think that? But if they wanted the motocross industry to make money, put Brian Deegan in charge of field and he will make everybody rich.
0: They need, they need somebody that, I mean, dude, the, the live timing, like, dude, we're still, we're still back in
1: 1995.
0: Yes. Like man. And like the, okay. The WSX series, when you go on to their website, dude, it is so cool. It is interactive. It is, you know, nice and sleek. When you go to, like, the... Uh, now the Supercross Live and the Pro Motocross is finally caught up now, you know? But, mm-hmm. you know, these guys are so much more, you know, ahead than AMA is right now, and we're huge, you know? As far as Motocross goes, you know, we're you know, maybe not... I would say probably the biggest series here in America other than MXGP, mm-hmm. which is worldwide, but still. So... I don't. I don't know it. Some things make sense and some things don't.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, the reason I say dick is just because, like, be, I mean, people can say what they want about him. He may be a dick. He may be a douche. I mean, uh, if if you if you like that, I'll in your face. I don't give. I don't give a shit. Right. But when somebody's smart, I'm going to give them credit where credit's due, and that dude's fucking smart. Like, yep. when, I mean- when it comes to building a platform. Yep. And. Business-wise, I mean, dude, the the year Hayden was on, like, not like, yeah, last year, he was on Super Minis at Loretta's, it was like, that dude, like, I guarantee he turned that kid into a millionaire, like, he's made more money off of social media than he'll ever make riding a dirt bike.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: He he, like, he's so, he don't even have to ride a
0: fucking dirt bike.
1: He don't even have to win a championship. He don't even have to get on the fucking podium.
0: Like, Nope. He could he could literally just sit at the crib and just ride in the backyard making videos and making insta bangers and just be perfectly fine.
1: Yes, like dude, we was at Lorettas and you know like every like the top like schoolboys, um, of course Super Mini, but pro and B, like they live broadcast B and A on NBC for Lorettas. Right. Dude, Super Mini, like, when they kick out on the gate. You couldn't stand nowhere. I'm yeah. talking about like all of Loretta's was at that at the fence line. You couldn't find nowhere to see. You had to stand on somebody's shoulders or climb in a tree.
0: Yep. Yep. Or and go then, or go to the bridge and get binoculars.
1: Yes, like, dude, it was literally that many people. Not like, like actually that was the biggest Loretta's has ever been that year. Matter of fact. They were yep. parking out past Loretta's house.
0: Yeah, that was uh 21 because of the whole COVID uh deal and all that. Yeah, now,
1: now don't get me wrong. Like, I understand COVID had a lot to do
0: with it. Yep, but, but that that was a lot of people there.
1: D- it was a lot of people there. And you think, like, it, ha- I, it had a lot to do with how he, like, set that kid up. Even with Haley. Like, dude, th- those kids are set. Even Huxon And don't get me wrong. Like, Huxin, he could probably be, like, Hella good, just as good as Hayden if he wants to. But he, I I think he's smart enough to where he knows I don't have to do this shit. Like I'm fucking set. Like I keep doing this YouTube stuff and get chips, butto.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, we're we're gonna see uh, what he what he's all about. Um, is uh, he is not doing Supercross next year, but gonna do Pro Motocross, I believe. So he's gonna Uh, do futures. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so he's going to do futures, and then uh, he's going to do the entire outdoor series.
1: Yeah, okay. but I mean, I, I wasn't trying to, you know, get off subject, but just like as far as that platform, like WS, like they're doing good. But like you say, I think it is like it's too many interfering, but it's it's how they're doing it, you know. Yeah, and,
0: I, I mean, we have to give Adam Bailey a, a a pat on the back because I believe that that was the incentive to give the riders and uh perhaps you know give the riders more money i believe that Mm -hmm. the money factor came in when they heard about how much uh money that uh wsx was forking up so um which you can you know look at it either way that you want regardless of the fact the riders are making money now uh, oh yeah. Another topic that we can get into real quick is that Jason Wygant came out uh Weege, who is the voice of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross uh GNCC Racing uh if you're paying he is saying. And <laughs> um Weege was talking about on his YouTube channel is the sport dying. Now within his uh episode that he talks he is uh talking about different uh angles that you can look at the sport to say that if it is dying or not. But you have to look at it that the riders are being paid more. And that's what we all want because we always talk about how our riders, our professional athletes, do not get paid enough. And now, you know, they're getting the opportunity to get paid enough. They're going to be on a worldwide TV, uh, you know, spectrum network. Um, that anybody can, you know, that anybody, you know, available can watch. Um, so I don't know. Heavy D, do you think right now in, uh, at the end of 2022, do you believe that, uh, the world of motocross is going back to its dying stage or maybe its moderate stage, Right there at that, uh, 2019 beginning of 2020 stage.
1: How I, I I'm gonna say yeah, and people are probably gonna say I'm crazy, but you you gotta look outside. The reason I say people say I'm crazy because if you look at how this year went, like I think this year was sweet. Don't get me wrong, like, and the reason I say that is because. Like you had guys like Tomac, Sexton, like Rocks and Webb, all those guys made this year sweet. Like you know, we finally won Des Nations after eleven years. I mean, Tomac killed it. Like it was a lot of people there, but the reason I say it is dying is because coming out like how the teams are picking riders, and I'm not firing shots at any riders. Yep. Let me get that clear offhand, but. I can say uh, it's a lot of riders out here that are getting overlooked that would keep the sport at a top level.
0: And I think I think social media and I think that that fan interaction has a lot to do with it. I think that that's kind of where you're going with that, if I, yeah. if I see what you're saying. Because yeah. the Hayden Deegan thing is, is amazing for star racing. That's amazing for Yamaha, right? Like, mm-hmm. dude, people are going to go buy YZF. 250s or YZ250s because of Hayden Deegan,
1: exactly. You know, exactly. and
0: and and people are gonna go buy YZ450Fs. Not me, Suzuki RM Army, but you know there there's gonna be people out there that watch it. That's an average fan. That's gonna be like, okay, that's the best motorcycle. I'm gonna go and buy that thing and race it in 2023 at my local spot. Or, um, you know, they could even watch. You know. Uh, Casey Cochran in the in the one hundred and twenty-five class on uh, at Loretta's, and be like, hey, that's the best one hundred and twenty-five. I'm gonna go and buy one. So, mm-hmm. so it just it, it I think it all I think you know it all depends, um, on like, on the situation.
1: Yeah, like I just you know I I don't feel it's at the point where people back in the day it's crazy because like Stu admitted to it, but like back in like oh six oh seven when he was on Cal, he's like. And Ricky was on Suzuki's. People were going to buy those bikes because that's what was that's what was dominating. Right. Those two dudes were dominating. And little did people know, Stewart said that bike was so shit it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like that's not the reason. I don't think people are going to buy bikes right now. And don't get me wrong. Like people are going to buy Yamahas because Star Yamaha is fucking dominating. Right. But at the same time, people are starting to switch that over and go get a Honda because Jet. And Chase was, like, even though Chase didn't win, like, he was still ripping. And Jet was, like, on a new level.
0: Right. And these manufacturers help pay these athletes. And if us, the consumers, or uh, the fans of the sport, the consumers of these motorcycles, uh, dirt bikes, do not go and buy these motorcycles from your local dealership, then uh, their budget gets slimmer and slimmer every single year. Um, But with that being said it's great that the um you know mx sports and Feld entertainment have come together uh finally which it has been a very long time coming uh when this should have happened um but they came together we're gonna have to see uh what happens next year um I have to give the WSX for how... I think it went pretty smoothly. A lot of the riders said that they liked it. Uh, they said the track could have been a little different because of the... Um, it was just very goat trailish. ish uh, Everybody was doing the same lines. Um, that sort of thing, which... I can't give them too much flaws because, you know, this is their first time... Um, uh-huh. blah, 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 So, uh, but overall I I'd have to give it an eight just like you, just because it was, it was fun to watch something different. We, we needed, we, I, I believe the sport needed a little bit of a change, a little bit, a little bit of maybe a little bit of, um, I don't know, just something, just something more than your average, um, motocross MXGP, and AMA Supercross. You know, we needed yep. something something more, and you know, we got great guys to come back. Uh, Cole Seeley came back, Josh Grant, Chad Reed. Um, you know, these guys come back, and you know, it's cool to see, and I'm sure the people in Wales, uh, Cardiff, uh, absolutely uh, loved it. So, um, I believe that that is good. Um, speaking on other pro topics, we'll move along. Uh, Muscan is going to um, O'Neill Racing uh, Gear. Oh instead of thor for 2023 i do not know if it's a 2 year or a 1 year i'm going to say 1 year because um i'm not you know we're not sure what he's going to do if he's sx only and then going to go to wsx or what you know what um shall have you and then obviously we've already talked about the nickels to uh hrc honda deal um we could talk about that for a second um before we move along to silver valley Uh, talk and uh, wrap up this first episode of the Imperative MX Podcast. Thank you for everybody that has been watching or listening uh, on YouTube. Make sure that you guys like, subscribe and comment if you guys are enjoying and uh, give us some topics to uh, speak about um, down there in the comments section. So, uh, what is your opinion on the Nichols to HRC Honda? I believe that it is a um, good thing because I don't because Colt was not able to show anything this year. He had one heat race, not even one full lap, and his his entire year was done. So I, I, I like it. So I personally like it because this gives Colt almost like this. This is your shot, and 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 like you you need to do something with this, right? But at the same time. I believe that this Honda will work very well with Colt's riding style. He's not a very overly aggressive, um, you know, rever or anything like that. He's very stylish. He's very uh, good on the motorcycle, very balanced. Um, so I think moving to this 450 HRC Honda will be a very good move uh, for Colton Nichols in 2023 SX only. Heavy D?
1: Yeah, I I like it. And the reason I like it is because I've raced with um, Colt before. I mean, I wasn't in the same time zone as him, but, like, being around him, knowing him, and have raced with him, like, a lot of people don't – I don't think a lot of people realize, like, as far as being able to hop off one bike and go to another, he's, like he, – he he's hella good at it. Like, he can get comfortable quick. I think, like, he can adjust. Right, like I remember, like 2010, Ponca he raced, God, like seven, eight classes, dude. It was insane. Holy, and God. he raced two stroke yeah. on a brand new Yamaha YZ250. Never even rode it, and he won.
0: That's when it, that's when you know somebody has talent.
1: Like, yeah, dude. It's like, and he has a good feel for bikes. He's like, it's almost like not trying to compare, but like, every, everybody like Freddie. If you know Freddie Norn, yep. the dude's like. An insane test rider. Not only is he fast, but like he he can feel shit that nobody else really can. Yeah. And like Colt is like no no discredit to Freddie, but like far speed wise, I think he's a bit faster version of that. And knowing what he wants out of a bike and what he needs, I think that's like even though everybody knows Star like, like I gotta say Star is top notch. But I think that's what made him successful at Star. He knew what he wanted. Yeah. Uh, he knew what it was going to take.
0: And you almost have to take into consideration that he is changing teams, changing scenery. It's uh it's uh mm-hmm. it's maybe a grass is greener on the other side uh for Colton Nichols forty five. So um that is a good switch. And um yeah, so uh next on our uh topic is uh Silver Valley. And uh, yeah, tell me uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Silver Valley, and then we'll get into uh, into some more talks about it.
1: Yes, sir. I cannot wait. Like, dude, that's
0: I it's gonna it be sick. Country.
1: Oh, dude, it's it's gonna be epic. Like, yep. man, it's like in the Carolinas. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting any track. We've got some insane tracks around here. I've I've helped work on a bunch of the tracks. Uh, a bunch of track owners. I'm good buddies with, and they all do an amazing job, dude and everybody has their vision of what they want. Like you got some people that want to cater to like riders that are weekend warriors, kids that are just starting out and want to have fun or, or, or like just your average beginner kid that just wants to get out of school, go race the weekend locally yep. and have some fun. Right. Or, or, or you got like my style where I love like big jumps, gnarly tracks, like thinking outside of the box, building something that's not around. and, like, for me, that's what Silver Valley is. Like, Thad, like, him, his family, they've done an amazing job. Like, I'm talking about they've killed it. And, like, even far as running it, you know, his wife, his sister, um, his son, Chasing, um, Chasing's girlfriend, Camille, who runs all the day-to-day. Like, anytime you need anything, like, you get in touch with her, she's on it. Yep. Like, dude, they put a lot of work in it. And we've been, like, even this past Saturday, we did a lot of work. I mean, we moved – 350 loads of dirt in one day, dude.
0: Man, that like, is a lot of dirt. Like,
1: when Thad's like, and when he's ready to move dirt, dude, don't mess around. Like, he had a three twenty four Cat, two 35-ton off-road dump trucks, and a D5 Dozer. Like, he had and he had em. another three ten Honda Excavator on standby. It broke, but still. Like, when he's ready to move dirt and make stuff happen, he ain't messing around. And, like, he's putting 20K up. Best whip competitions going down, pit bike competition. Like last year, they gave away a AR-15 off a raffle ticket just coming through the gate. And I think they're doing that again. And if you win the best whip competition, you get an AR-15.
0: There you go. If you win the best whip competition at Silver Valley, you will be walking away with an AR-15 that uh, you cannot use unless you are uh, heavily adulted supervision. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yep, yep. But uh no, that's uh that's cool. Uh all jokes aside, that is uh very very cool that Silver Valley is on board here with the Imperative MX podcast along with uh their race AB shootout as Heavy D said, $20,000 per moto. Per moto, by the way. It's not overall, it's per moto. So, um Oh
1: yeah, if you so if you win one moto, it's 1750 bucks yep. per moto to win.
0: Yep, and uh, that will be good for some of you local guys that are uh, maybe even going down south to do some races for the winter or uh, trying to uh, go to a training facility for a month or so. There's your uh, winning prize money right there just in one moto at Silver Valley MX Park. Uh, what is the uh, town called?
1: Oh, Lexington, North Carolina.
0: Lexington, North Carolina. Make sure that you guys uh, go there and check it out. Um, we are going to get uh, or try to get the uh, best pros that are around this surrounding area. See if Heavy D can uh, stick his nose in Club MX and get some of those guys to come out maybe. Um, go. Oh, and, we uh, want,
1: dude, top A.
0: And if you feel like you're the baddest B-rider around, like, Hey, if you think that you are the baddest rider around the surrounding area, state, or if you want to come from California and you want to show the East Coast dudes what's up, then November 3rd through the 5th, Lexington, North Carolina, Silver Valley MX Park, $20,000 on the line.
1: Yes. I mean, hey, only way to prove it is to do it. That's right. That's all I can say. Come on out and, and and let me. I'm gonna go ahead and say, Silver Valley. It is no joke. It is no slouch. It is it I, it's a legit pro national, if not better.
0: Yeah. If you want deep ruts that start from the time that you land off a jump into the next jump, which could be two or three corners before you'll mm-hmm. be you'll be in the same line in knee deep ruts uh i've ridden there multiple times myself my dad does not live uh very far from there so when i'm down there i'll be able to visit a little bit of family and um spectate uh the amazing event that the family over there at silver valley mx park is going to be uh putting on now this is their uh uh how many years have they been putting on uh, this? Because I know that it's uh, this is not like the second year. I know it's more than that. No, it's the second year. Oh, this is just just the second year. Okay, because Hay- yeah, Hayes year, won it last race, year, right?
1: The first race ever was a pro shootout last year.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So their first, okay, so their first one ever was last year. Okay, I thought maybe uh, maybe twenty twenty at the end, maybe. Um, no,
1: like their first, the first time they ever dropped a gate at that place was last year, and it was the pro shootout.
0: There you go. So, not very many people get gate drops at this place, which could be beneficial for anybody that uh, comes on out. So, uh, make sure you guys mark your calendars and come out for an amazing event. And I'm sure that there will be other things going on late night. Uh, so, come on and hang out. Meet Heavy D and myself uh, out at Silver Valley. Uh, before we wrap this up, we want to say thank you for each and every person that... Uh, watches this and supports Imperative MX or uh, Heavy D doing all of his dirt moving and amazing imagination uh, dirt jumps that he builds for these motocross athletes like myself and perhaps even like you. Uh, If you are listening right now, you could have ridden a track that Heavy D built and designed and you did not know it. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So make sure to follow Happy. make sure to follow heavy d on all the socials um, and uh yeah gotta give a shout out to FXr make sure to go to FXRRacing.com. uh the best size uh fitting and ventilation that I have ever worn uh in my opinion and I have been constantly with them for the past three to four years and I could not be uh, any more grateful uh grateful. For their support uh, through uh, you know a little bit of my career along into Imperative MX. Uh, along with West Virginia Motorsports. That is is where I went and bought my Suzuki RMZ 450 2023 two weeks ago. And I could not be any more happy with my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. So if you are around the surrounding area, need parts for your bike, need a new bike, pre-owned, new, Anything, motorcycle, ATV, UTV, you name it, they got it. Make sure to go and check them out. Princeton, West Virginia, West Virginia Motorsports. Also, have to give a shout out to Hydropower. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help get rid of arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. To learn more and to order yours now, go to drinkhydropower.com to get your new flavor, Blue Raz today well heavy d that is the end of episode number one we went a little bit longer than expected but we got into some good topics tonight
1: oh yeah it was was awesome i'm super stoked on it i can't wait for everybody to listen and uh get everybody else's take on it i mean i hope everybody chimes in gives us some more subjects to talk about and i mean hey go support the supporters Go support the ones that support us because without them we couldn't do it and they couldn't do it without you guys. So all our sponsors, hey, go look them up, look into them, and uh, get in touch with them. We greatly appreciate you guys and them.
0: Absolutely. If uh, if you guys do not support the ones that support the sport, then there will be uh, no support. And uh, just like Heavy D it, uh, said earlier, it could be dying. So uh, with your little gracious help and uh, for your protection of – Uh, grabbing parts or uh, going to go get a brand new motorcycle and making the wife mad Um, that is uh, hugely beneficial to the uh, motocross community and we greatly appreciate all the sponsors on board and we appreciate you, all of the fans uh, in attendance listening or watching from home your car, at work um, anything like that so we greatly appreciate it and until next time we will see you back uh, here in I would say in about a week or so uh, is the next one that we're gonna do We're gonna try and do these every Tuesday uh, And they should be published no later than uh, Thursdays and uh, we have a lot more that's going to be coming soon and uh, a lot more to talk about so like heavy D said make sure to comment subscribe and uh, Let us know some topics. That you guys want us to talk about or anything else uh, in the future and uh, Zach Newberry along with Uh, Heavy D, we're out. Thank you, guys.